We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace on PacersTalk.net and CLNSmedia.com. Fachi, when you hear those beautiful notes being hit there, who do you think of when you hear this? It's got to be the feathery one, Victor Oladipo. Well, it is not Victor Oladipo. It is actually Thingamajig on the mass Singer. So, unfortunately, Oladipo has confirmed via Pacers Media Day that he has no idea who we're talking mm. about. Mm. Yeah, seems a bit interesting because the clues are there. I mean, if you really looked into it, there's a lot of clues that do say that that is Oladipo. But while Victor is denying, you know, I think uh, we're going to have to leave that up to the fans. I mean, what do you think, Alex? Who did you think thingamajig was well i have to admit i mean when i first heard it i was like that is our guy victor oladipo but when he confirmed that he would not hide his face behind a mask i i just had to trust my guy but i was laughing at the guesses the judges gave and then they posted it on social media under the mass singer account and somebody said chris weber are you kidding me chris weber yeah just because right they had the number four chris weber don't have that much talent not at all Chris Weber is not multi-talented like that. I think it would be better if he stuck to uh, just playing basketball rather than also broadcasting it. Well, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, but for Oladipo, I mean, the the real fans will know. I mean, one of our uh, one of our followers on Twitter pointed out the little tear on the quad area oh, yeah. on the pants. I thought that was something real subtle. That was a a good. Uh, Good way to kind of point out where it could be Oladipo. Also, use the word feathery. Yeah. Also, the, there was a number four on the candle, the cupcake. Right. So that was interesting. And the referencing of magic case and keep up the pace. Mm. Referencing the magic as well as the Indiana Pacers. But he never so, said anything about the thunder. 
Never did. Never did. Kind of forgotten time. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I think that we need to keep our investigator hats on throughout the rest of the Mass Singer until Thingamajig is revealed and see if Victor Oladipo truly is Thingamajig. I'll be on the lookout. Uh, Detective Foch is here to crack this case. Well, and I think also in addition to Detective Fachi, we should have karaoke with Fachi. And right now, Fachi, I'm going to put you on the hot spot. I want to hear your best thingamajig impersonation. Let me hear you sing a little bit of Sunday morning. Or easy, I should say. Not Sunday morning. It's actually called easy. But anyway, easy like Sunday morning. Let me hear your best. Because I'm easy. Easy like Sunday morning. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> well, we will do this every week as Thingamajig sings a new song. We will put Fachi on the spot to mask what the mass Singer is singing. So I'm excited for that. But let's talk some Pacers basketball right now. The guys are traveling to India. They're on one of the coolest planes I've ever seen. I don't know if you've seen pictures on social media yet, but that plane looks absolutely incredible. Like that... I don't even know how long of a trip over there uh, to India it is, but I think it's eighteen hours. Eighteen. That's what I was. That's what I thought, but I don't want to just guess that. So eighteen hours to India. I mean, they're probably not even going to realize it because that plane is so amazing. Yeah, I mean that's got to be pretty, pretty comfortable. I've traveled to Israel before. That was, I think, pretty close to eighteen. But uh, I don't think my arrangements are quite as good as Indiana Pacers. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, probably sure be sleeping pretty good. Yeah, the the luxury plane did look fantastic, and a lot of the guys actually said they were excited to uh, go on the trip because of the plane. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So let's just get your quick thoughts on Media Day. I don't want to get into it too much because everybody loves Media Day because the players say what you want to hear. But were there any big takeaways that you got from Media Day? I don't know if there's too many takeaways other than, you know, obviously McMillan stated what the the starting five is going to be for that first game in India. Kind of what I think we all assumed, Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. So I think we got uh, kind of just solidified what we already knew. But everybody has confirmed that Oladipo's looking good. He's looking good, and it's everything you want to hear. He's saying all the right things, just as you touched on. But also just one little thing that I took away, Jeremy Lamb is sounding like a leader. I'm loving everything Jeremy Lamb's saying. I feel like we're getting him at the perfect point in his career where he's ready to take on any role asked of him. You know, he's very excited to be in the starting lineup, but he also knows when Oladipo returns, he's going to the bench. And if defense is being asked of him, then he's got to go all in on defense. If they need buckets, they need buckets. But he's just, he seems like a guy who I think we're getting at the perfect time in his career. So what did, what did he say exactly that made you, that, that jumped off the page to you to show that he was a leader? Uh, he was basically saying his exact quote, my role is to put the ball in the basket. My role is to play defense. My role is to rebound, be a leader. I feel I have a lot of different roles. Sometimes the ball is not going to go in the hole every night. I have to play defense, though. When Oladipo comes back, my role is coming off the bench, add a spark, whether that's scoring or getting steals, whatever is asked of me. Wow, I like that. I like that, too. I think that this team, it's just a bunch of hungry guys, a lot of them which are new faces, but have also, for the most part, and TJ Warren was too successful in Phoenix, but he's still a good player, where these guys want to have success. They want to have it, and I feel like they're all coming together for the Pacers with one common goal, and that's to win. 
absolutely Fachi. I agree with you 100%. And I guess my couple of things that I liked from the Pacers media day that I like to hear was Nate McMillan say that TJ Warren can play the foursome. That just made me so happy because I am so excited to see a lineup with Oladipo, Lamb, Brogdon, Warren, and either Turner or Sabonis. Probably Turner just because of the, the defense of purposes of protecting the basket. But I do like that we did get clarity on who is going to be guarding who. I know there were some mm-hmm. question marks about that with the four and the five of Sabonis. And he wants to keep Miles around the rim. And I actually kind of liked what Miles had to say about Goga. It was... Uh, He's like, yeah, he, he can block some shots. Like It was almost like Miles didn't want to give Goga too much praise because if Goga turns out to be the player the Pacers think he could be, he could be breathing down Turner's neck for minutes and potential because he's already got the three-point shot that looks pretty good for being a rookie. He's a little bit more physical, can play in the post. He's been playing professionally since he was like 15 years old, living on his own since he was 16. I think that... There's a reason to be excited about Guga Bataze, and I think it's going to be a learning year like we've talked about, but I, I do think that Miles is not going to give him the highest of praise yet, not because Miles is jealous or anything like that, but I do think he does know that you know this guy is going to be really good for this team, and uh, maybe he doesn't want to endorse him too much, maybe, maybe make him work for that status of go-to guy off the bench. I, I'm excited, though. I think this is going to be a fun year. I think it is also. It just seems like there's a great vibe around Goga. It seems like the teammates are taken to him, and it just seems like he could easily be kind of like that fan favorite guy that like everyone's just rooting for. You know, someone had to take that Lance like you know esque role of just like um oh, everything he does. You're just like man, I, I love Lance. Like <laughs> Goga, I think could become that guy where no matter how many minutes he's playing, you're just always rooting for him at every time. It's really hard to hate on Goga. It really is, and, I, and I'm excited to see him play. I'm really excited about Aaron Holiday. Um, Tony East asked him at Pacers Media Day what you know his role was going to be if he's been given any clarity, and basically he was just like, I'm just here to play whatever my role is. I'm just going to have to earn it, basically. And he wasn't like, oh, I'm expecting this. I'm demanding I get the backup role minutes. He just basically said, I'm here to work hard, and I'm, I'm going to do whatever they ask. And I like that about Aaron Holiday as well, just a guy that is young, got talent, got potential, and he realizes that, hey, T.J. McConnell is a solid veteran. I, I think he's got so much more potential than McConnell even could even dream yep. of. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I don't want McConnell to get his minutes, obviously, but I do think that the competition is good for both of them. Uh, it's I think McConnell's going to push, push Holiday to be a better teammate, a better defender, and just an all-around better player because of the way he scraps, the way he leads – off and on the court. I, I just this McConnell pickup, like Kevin Pritchard said, it's it's their Al Jefferson pickup. It's the guy that they think can have an effect while not always being on the court. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think TJ McConnell is the perfect player to be pushing Aaron Holiday. You know, McConnell's is a selfless guy where I feel like he's gonna be doing anything possible to contribute to this team, even if it's just from, as you mentioned, the veteran standpoint, just being able to coach up a young Aaron Holiday. Holiday has all the potential in the world. TJ McConnell strikes me as such a hard worker that it's like if McConnell can rub off on Holiday, I think it's going to be lessons that Holiday is able to apply even down the line in his career. Absolutely. So yesterday on Twitter, we put a poll up on setting underscore the underscore pace, and we asked you guys to you know give us your thoughts on who should be the backup small or backup wing with Oladipo out between Justin Holiday 
and Edmund Sumner. And I don't have the percentages on my phone because it was actually too long ago since I posted that. But the last I checked, I don't know if you saw it, Foch, but Holiday was winning by a landslide over Edmund Sumner. Yes. At one point, I personally voted for uh, Holiday. Seemed like, honestly, that uh, Holiday was running away with it. And I'm going to go with, uh, in the end, it seemed like he finished by, not to say a landslide, but by a large margin. And my vote, personally, like I said, is... Justin Holiday for that backup yeah. minutes. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly there. I voted for Justin Holiday myself, and that's nothing against Sumner. Uh, I would honestly be intrigued sometimes to see them both play together with Holiday, the Aaron Holiday, and maybe let McDermott ride the bench a little bit because I think defensively, both Holiday brothers and Sumner could be really fun. I like that group in the backcourt as well. So that's something to keep an eye on these next couple games here before we get to the regular season is how McMillan uses that rotation. But at the end of the day, I mean, this Pacers team is loaded with wings and defensive potential in the wings off the bench with Jeremy Lamb, Holiday Brothers, and Sumner. So, you know, I, I'm excited for that. We just we just have to see what McMillan does. And I think a lot of fans are holding their breath, hoping that McMillan maybe can adapt a little bit to today's game, but they're still unsure if he's going to be the smash mouth, you know, mid-range type of player, more, you know, more higher percentages, less shots, basically, for the three-point line. I know that that's something that you were kind of hoping to look at this coming uh, preseason, see if anything changes that way. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, I was just just digging through some of the numbers. I mean, honestly, the Pacers in the last three years under McMillan have been in the bottom five in three-point attempts. But just as you mentioned, they've shot a high percentage. And it just feels like you got to get with the times. Teams are shooting more threes. And the Pacers have the firepower to do it. Right. They have very capable three-point shooters. I mean, when Oladipo comes back, I mean, even Miles Turner almost shot 40% from three. So you're going to have guys like Oladipo, Miles Turner. I mean, I would imagine Sabonis is going to be shooting the three more this year. But then even Warren was over uh, 40% last year. Uh, your Jeremy Lamb was about 36, 37. Justin Holiday was right around 37%. Brogdon over 40%. We have the shooters to do it. That if we can just take more threes, I feel confident this team will make it. And last year when the Pacers came in at 22nd in the league in scoring, I think that by adding one or even two more three points, three pointers made per game, it's gonna it's gonna make a, a difference. I think that could be an extra maybe two wins on yeah. the season. Which I mean, Alex, the way that things have shaken out uh, the last uh, two years, that's the difference between home court in the first round or not. That that is going to be a big thing because. We know the Pacers are one of the best home court teams in the entire NBA. Not really sure if it plays much effect during the playoffs. I feel like I've seen some bad losses at on our home court. But still, having if you do get to a Game 7, that is crucial having that at your home. And we can even go back and look at that Pacers-Hawks series from the 2014-2013 around that time. I forget when it was, but it might have even been 2012. It's been so long ago, I can't remember, but... That game seven, after the Hawks pushed us to that seventh game, it was crucial to have it at the home court because the fans are into it. It gets the players involved. The players get more hyped. And I I just, yeah, it's important. Having home court is important. And Joel Embiid said today on the low post that if they would have had game seven at their home court against the Toronto Raptors, he thinks they win that series. And he might be right. I mean... I can't argue that. Yeah, I mean, that, that Sixers team was pretty darn good last year. So, anyway, Foch... Anything else you want to touch on from Pacers Media Day, or are you ready to transition into our next segment? 
Uh, just real quick to to back up what uh, Mark Monteith said last week. You know, the Pacers were they were raving about TJ Leaf. That's my about fantasy taking, guy. About taking that next step forward, and I mean. Uh, just a little bit of a stat here. They said he reduced his body fat from 12% to 8%. Uh, he's obviously been working on his three-point shooting a lot more. It's It seemed very out of character for him last year to not be shooting at a good percentage. That I think we're going to get some quality minutes at TJ Leaf this year. And for that, hey, we've all been waiting for it. Yeah, and I'm excited. You know what? I, I knocked that pick for so many years now. And uh, every time I can get on a podcast and knock that that pick, I have. But I'm just I'm just gonna sit back, relax, and enjoy the show and see what he does. Because if he can contribute to that second unit, then go for it, TJ. Just shave the goatee, please. Shave. He's the gotta. It's getting creepy out there. That <laughs> that honestly, it's not just it's not just the bottom part of the chin. It's the mustache is too completely separated. It's like he's got two mustaches on there, and he, <laughs> just just go clean slate. Just take it down, you know, start well, fresh. I mean, let's be honest, Fachi. Between you and Tyler, you guys have both really nice rocking beards, and there's a reason I don't grow one. It's because I can't, and it would look terrible. TJ, join the club, man. I'm right there with you. I can't grow facial hair and make it look nice. I look like a creepy guy. I already do without facial hair, so you know what I mean. <laughs> just just keep your face clean, TJ. But all right, are we good now? Are we ready to transition to our next segment? Ready. All right, let's do it. All righty, in segment number two today, we are going to look at the Eastern Conference, and we are going to lock in our predictions for the upcoming season. So that means we're going to go st- uh, standings-wise, one through eight, uh, and give our predictions on that. In addition to that, we're also going to look at this Pacers roster, and me and Fachi are going to see if there's maybe somebody that we think could win an award this year, whether it's Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Sixth Man. We'll look at all those, MVP, Coach of the Year, and we'll discuss if the Pacers have any candidates for that uh, particular award. So, Fachi, let's start off with our Eastern Conference standings, locking it in. Number one in the Eastern Conference, Fachi, who you got? Number one is uh, I think the Bucks actually repeat as the one seed. Uh, and I know that that might sound maybe obvious to some people, but there hasn't been a team finishing first in back-to-back years in the East in quite some time. I do think Milwaukee is the first team to do it in uh, in a long time. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a tough one. I think that we both have our one and twos as the same two teams. And I've, I've actually gone back and forth with this one because I do think that Philadelphia on paper is a better team than Milwaukee. But I've always thought, well, Milwaukee uh, will probably win because they ha- win more games this season because they have more depth. And the injury problems with Philadelphia are what concerns me. So I, I really want to pick the Sixers here as my one seed, Fachi. I really do because I just I feel like Embiid is an, an, an motivated that game mm-hmm. seven last year motivated the Sixers. I believe there's it. Something, there's something in me that's saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. So I'm going to follow my gut, and I'm going to go with the Bucks as my yep. one seed, but I'm going to go with the Sixers as my two seed. I, I completely agree with you. I have the Sixers as my two seed. I, I like their starting five a lot. I think past that, it's, uh, it's a little up in the air. I also do think, though, that Milwaukee, A, has the best player, best individual, and in Giannis, mm-hmm. as well as I, I think Budenholzer is a, a better coach than Brett Brown, and I think for that, that just kind of solidifies it for me. Uh, yeah. So we, we have Milwaukee and Philly at one and two. 
Next at three, you know, well, I didn't want to have to do it uh, due to Oladipo not being healthy. I'm going with the this, uh, this Celtics Okay, as my three seed. I think that it's going to be, I think on paper, if Oladipo is healthy, I do think the Pacers are a better team. But due to him not being, you know, healthy for day one, uh, I'm going with the Boston Celtics at three. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Fachi. And I, here's what I'm going to say. Brad Stevens is really good about three. Yes. Well, last year he was good, but the year before that he was really good when Kyrie Irving was out. I think that this is a totally different team than it was last year without Kyrie. No Horford. That's going to be a huge loss. That's my biggest concern is can Cantor and uh, what's the other center's name that I'm uh, – Daniel Tice. That's what I'm thinking of. Tice. Yeah. So those are like their two big guys because they've got rid of Baines. They got rid of Horford. It's just this team has some question marks at center, and they've also got the the rookie from last year. Was it Williams? Robert Williams? Oh, Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, he's a wild card center, so he could be something special. But, yeah, I mean, they've got the wing depth. They've got the point guards, but their center position is what scares me. And if you look at the two monsters in the East, the 76ers and the Bucks, who's stopping Embiid? Not Canner. You know, so, Definitely not Canner. Yeah. You're going to get a little bit more scoring out of Canner than you would have gotten out of – Horford, but he just plays atrocious defense compared yeah. to Al Horford. So that's, that's going to be a big difference. So so long story short, I think Celtics are a really good regular season team, yep. but I don't think that they're a great playoff team just because I don't think that they have the right pieces. I do think they are a trade away from being a serious playoff contender, and that might mean having to trade Jalen Brown and or Gordon Hayward, maybe even Marcus Smart, but I like Marcus Smart with that starting lineup. So yeah, I'm going to go with you, Fachi. Number three, I got the Celtics as well. Moving over to number four, I have our Indiana Pacers. I think I that this is the year that they get the fourth seed in home court in the first round. We've been just behind at that fifth seed. Uh, I think that whenever Oladipo comes back, he's coming back to a team that is not going to be panicking. I think they'll be just fine. I think they'll be, you know, could be anywhere around maybe five games over 500 when he comes back and really go on a run. I think the Pacers are doing the perfect thing, not rushing him back. I would rather him come back at 105% than, than being you know just 90% because I'm just not that worried about it. So the fourth seed is where I see our Indiana Pacers. Well, Fachi, you know, if we were to have a test and turn in the same test, it would be kind of funny because we have the same answers so far, one through four. I'm not looking at your paper. I'm not cheating like I did in my math class my senior year. I'm not looking at the person next to me to write down my answers, but I agree with you. I think the Pacers are a four seed. I think they've got the potential this year to be a really good team. And once Oladipo comes back, I get it. Like McMillan said, that's one thing that I forgot to mention in the Pacers media day. McMillan said this is like three seasons for us without Oladipo when Oladipo returns and then the postseason. I mean, that's what it's going to be like this year. It's going to be kind of split up into tiers, but I do think the Pacers are talented enough and you know, smart enough to figure out how to win enough games when it matters the most. So I too have them four. But you know, what's what's your I guess what's your floor on the Pacers? Where do you think they could fall down to the least, like the lowest? Uh, I think the very lowest I'm going to put it at the sixth seed. See, I, I would think even go seven. I mean, it, it's definitely possible. I just think that even if you took Oladipo off this team, I still see them as a pretty good team. Not a great team, but a pretty good team. Uh, so in the, in the East, you know, I mean, last year Brooklyn got the sixth seed at 
two games above 500. Right. So I, I think that the Pacers, their floor, if everything became a disaster, sure, I guess seven is definitely a possibility. But six, you know, it just that just seems like, hey, even in a down year, we can snag that six seed. Yeah. All right, Fachi. Well, I think this is where things are going to start turning a little bit differently for us, the bottom half of these standings here. So with the fifth seed, who do you got? The fifth seed, sure, things could be different here. I'm actually going with the Brooklyn Nets led by Kyrie Irving. I think that, you know, last year they finished as the sixth seed. I do think that uh, Kyrie coming over there is going to be a bit interesting because the Nets' young core, I think, is is nice and going to continue to develop. Guys like Jared Allen, Carice LeVert, I think they're going to take steps forward. And then overall, I mean, they're just you know, added DeAndre Jordan. I think, you know, Wilson Chandler's not much. He's going to be missing 25 games. But that's where you could have squeezed in some Carmelo Anthony, but I guess oh, that's not happening. <laughs> but uh, oh well, I'll let God. that one die. I, I, think, I think the fifth seed for the Nets is uh, is right around where I see them. What about you, Alex? Okay. All right. Well, this is where we started to get different. I knew we would. I am buying into the hype. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to just stick with this one. But I'm buying into the hype. Uh, after listening to Zach Lowe convincingly believe in this team, I am going with the Miami Heat as the fifth seed. Wow! And wow. I think that Pacers Heat series could be really fun. Come come April, I, I really would like that series. I like our chances okay. in that series too. All right, so things are about to get interesting then. They're, uh, they're so, heating up, Fachi. They are heating up. <laughs> okay, we're getting uh, too bad here. This is bad. People are turning it off now. <laughs> yeah, not yet because we're not done with our, our top eight. And <laughs> Please I don't go with, yet. Please don't go. <laughs> exactly. With the sixth seed, I'm going with the defending champion Toronto Raptors. Okay. I think that they're still good enough to be a playoff team without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I do think they're going to be, you know, they're aging. I mean, Kyle Lowry and, and Marcus Gasol are getting up there in age, but I do still think the defending champs are good enough to secure the sixth seed. Uh, I couldn't promise anything more than that, but that's kind of where I see him. Yeah, what so about you for the sixth? This was hard for me. The Raptors are such an interesting team because they're in such a weird transition because they just mm-hmm. had the arguably the best player in the NBA – They just won a championship. He leaves with a key contributor in Danny Green. And now they've got to figure this out. Kyle Lowry, he had some interesting comments during media day. He was like, from what I saw in a post, I'm not sure if it was exactly word for word, but basically he said, I'm not going to be going all out like I did last year, basically. I I think it was paraphrased (laughs) into something like that. And I'm just like, did he really (laughs) say that? Like, what is going on with this team? Marcus Gasol's had a very long summer, a long season. Yeah. I think he could be a little worn down. So I don't have the Raptors there for me at number six. I've got your Brooklyn Nets. My Brooklyn Nets. Well, uh-huh. you had them at five, so I just. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I am not claiming them. Uh, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Raptors. But moving down to the seventh seed, it's just a team that I think we are just hearing far too much about, and that is the Orlando Magic. I think Orlando I think Magic, too many fans, Magic fans, man. They are just gushing about this team. And, I mean, you make the playoffs once in God knows how long, and everyone is losing their mind. I think that the Magic are actually going to make back-to-back playoff appearances. I'll give them the seventh seed. It's, like, right around where they were last year, to be exact. And uh, I'll, I feel fine giving them that. Okay, so what is your wild card for them? Because I think the wild card for them is Markel Fultz returning 
fully healthy and actually being a point guard that people believed in. I mean, if he can do that, I I, I really believe this team c- could be as good as advertised, but I don't think they're a four seed like ESPN projected. Project, project. No. That was borderline disrespectful. Just, I mean, I feel like the last few years, even when the Pacers uh, traded Paul George, I remember the fact of even just seeing the Orlando Magic projected with more wins than the Pacers really started to just boil my blood. Like, I started thinking, you know what? Like, I got to talk to someone about this. This is not right. So I think Fultz is – he has to be the wild card. You're talking about a number one pick that's barely even played. I mean, if Fultz is 60% of what he was supposed to be, I think the Magic are going to be in good shape because he was traded away for essentially scraps. It was like yeah. a future first-round pick. Um, so – I, th- I think that Fultz has a big opportunity because how great can you really feel with DJ Augustine being your starting point guard? I just don't think that that really screams like a playoff lock. So yeah. Fultz, I mean, he's had all the time to work on his game and whatever else he's dealing with. If he can put it all together, maybe the Magic can prove me wrong. Who is the best player on Orlando? In the past, you'd believe Aaron Gordon, but I, I don't know. I mean, well, Vucevic was, was, was real good. Yeah, yeah he was all-star. That's kind of my so. thing. It's like Vucevic is their best player, but you know he's not even a top-five center in the NBA. Like, how how good is this team? Like, that's what I'm so confused by with this team. Like, there's part of me that doesn't even want to put them in the playoffs, and then there's part yeah. of me that thinks, like, maybe I'm being overly critical because I like Steve Clifford. I think he's a really good defensive coach, but – they're relying on a lot of young guys to make improvements and growth within, and I'm just not sure if I'm buying into the hype as much as uh, mo- most people are. So I don't have them as my seventh seed. I'm actually got the Detroit Pistons, and I know that probably might shock some people, but Blake Griffin was amazing last year, and he was healthy. Uh, Andre Drummond is a really good center. So, you know, I get it. Reggie Jackson's not the greatest point guard. They brought in Derrick Rose, who had a great season last year off the bench for the Timberwolves. Now the Timberwolves, of course, did not make the playoffs, but they, too, are in the Western Conference. Much tougher competition. So, you know, Joe Johnson, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to buy into the, oh, Joe Johnson had a great year in the Big Three. He's going to come over and save our season. Not buying into that, but I do think that the Pistons have a better go-to player than the Orlando Magic. And I think when it comes down to it in crunch time, that's going to mean a lot if Blake can stay healthy. So bit of a risk here, but I'm going Pistons at number seven. Okay, okay. I'm surprised you didn't find a way to bring in your, bring up your boy Terrence Ross while you had the chance. But uh, I guess we'll <laughs> I love leave him T-Ross. out of this I one. I love T. Ross. He's the greatest bench player in Magic history. There we go. We got that in the podcast. Uh, so... Then moving down to my, my eighth pick, this is where things get interesting because I have this as coming down to one of the last games on the season, and it's between the Pistons and the Heat. And, Alex, I'm actually going with the Pistons. I have the Heat missing the playoffs. I could very much be wrong. Jimmy Butler could change that whole culture over there. But I kind of like what the Pistons are doing. I, I think that they had a really – they wouldn't have made a difference, but – Rough luck having Blake Griffin just limp into the playoffs last year. I think adding Derrick Rose, where if he's anything close to what he was last year, then you got to feel like this Pistons team could be a bit better. So Joe Johnson, yeah, who knows what he has left. But I I think the Pistons are good enough to capture the eighth seed again. Yeah, and I I like this Pistons team. I have them a little bit higher than you. I think Dwayne Casey is a good coach for the the regular season as well. 
He gets guys motivated. Somebody we haven't mentioned either for the Pistons, Luke Kennard. I really think that he could be a help. He he got better towards the end of last year. And their rookie, Sekou Demboya, I think he could be a wild card. A lot of people are extremely high on him. How much of an impact does he make? Uh, so, yeah, I'm fine with them making the playoffs. And the one thing with the Heat that I will just want to get into, I'm a Terrence Ross guy, like you say, but really the guy that I love more than Terrence Ross is Bam Adebayo. I am obsessed with that guy. When the when the Pacers were drafting, when they got TJ Leaf, I was hoping Bam would fall to us. I wanted Bam so bad. I just love the way he plays a game of basketball. Now with Whiteside out, he's going to get those full minutes there. I'm cracking up at the storyline that James Johnson was not <laughs> not allowed to come yeah. to practice until he gets into his conditioning. The Heat don't play games. They just gave Eric Spolcher an extension. Jimmy Butler wants to be the guy. They've got Justice Winslow, who looks great as their point guard. I, I'm excited about this Heat team. I know that there are some holes, and I know that they still have some work to do, but I like this team a lot. Uh, I like the way Jimmy Butler, you know, say what you want about Jimmy Butler, but when he was on the Bulls, you know, they were they were hard to beat. And when he was on the, the 76ers last year, he was their go-to guy. I mean, he is a top 15 player, top 20 player in our league. And I think that he and the right culture can make a big difference. So uh, m- them missing the playoffs, it's understandable, Fachi. I totally get it. Um, but, yeah, for me, number eight, I went with the Orlando Magic, leaving out the NBA champions, Toronto. I have yeah, Toronto I think that would be pretty playoffs. surprising. I think, I think so that would too. be. It's it's tough because I like Siakam, I like OG Ananobi, I like Fred Van Vliet, I like a lot of their young guys. But how are they going to, you know, be on their own without their leader? It's like it's in a in a, in a way it's like taking away LeBron from the Cavs and see what they did. They were terrible without LeBron, even though they, they had were Kevin horrible. Love. They still had Kevin Love. They still had Tristan Thompson. They had Jr. Those are all guys like Gasol and Ibaka and Lowry. And I, obviously, I think some of the players on the Raptors are much better than who the Cavaliers had as their yes. villain guys. I'm yeah. not trying to say that they're all the same level, but I can just see a major collapse here. And I think that if they struggle coming out of the gate, you'll see some moves made by Masai Ujiri to try to capitalize on these expiring contracts he has with these veteran players trade them off, get picks back, build with this young nucleus with OG and Siakam and Van Vliet, um, and and just go from there. Because I think they've got potential. Don't get me wrong. But um, I just just feel like these other teams might be a little bit more well-rounded, might have more of a superstar-driven team, and just might have a chance. But, yeah, I mean, between the Magic and Toronto, it's for me for the eighth seed. And like I said, Fauci, I don't understand why the hype is so high for the Magic. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's crazy, honestly. All they did in free agency was bring back the exact same team and draft a rookie who was out for the year with a torn ACL. So I don't know where well, they, they did really... get Aminu. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. They got Al Farouk Aminu, but it's like, you know, I mean... <laughs> a poor on. man's Thaddeus Young. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. It's like, yes, they did sign Al Farouk Aminu, but at the same point, I think they're banking too much on just bringing the same team back when that same team was the seventh seed. Like, it's not like they went on a magical conference finals run or anything like that. So, hey, if if making the seventh seed again for the Magic really, you know, gets Magic fans back invested into the team, then let's give them the seventh seed. 
Okay, well, let's just do this for fun because we've already done the first eight. Let's just finish this out real quick. So give me your 9 through 15 for the rest of the Eastern Conference. I don't know if you have it up or not, but just let me see what you got. Yeah, uh, so I'll give you a little on the spot since I had just done my, my top eight. But the, the Miami Heat would be coming in at 9 okay. for me. So I have the, the Pistons edging out the Heat for that last playoff spot. So I think the Heat – Finish at the ninth seed, but they finish at basically essentially a 500 team. So okay. a couple couple wins more than last year. Uh, what about you at nine? I guess that would be the Toronto. Yeah, Toronto for me. So who do you got at ten? Ten. This is where it now gets really interesting because the bottom of the East has a lot of young talent there. So I'm actually going to go with whew, pretty torn over here. I'm probably actually going to go with I think maybe. This is either between the Atlanta Hawks. I think I might be leaning towards the Hawks. I think they okay. take a, a pretty big step forward this year. I like it. I like it. I'm actually going to go with Chicago here. I like Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's who I, I was like debating. The vets, I like the vets they brought in. So I'm going to do 10 Chicago, 11 Atlanta. Are you going to go 10 Atlanta, 11 Chicago? Uh, ex- exactly. Yep. Okay. And then number 12, who you got? Number 12, I think at this point – I might. I'm probably going to go with the New York Knicks. I okay. think the Knicks can can take a step up and get to the 12th spot in the in the <laughs> conference. You know, I, I, massive I think they, step. They, I think they can do that. I'm not as high on them as Scoop B was thinking that they could be a playoff team, but I think they might be able to squeak out maybe 35 wins. Oh man, that is maybe. Yeah, I I gotta go with the Knicks there as well. Uh, not much left really to look at with this Eastern Conference. A, a lot of a lot of trash teams down here at the bottom. So after the Knicks, you got a thirteen. Your Wizards? They are not my Wizards. Pachi's Washington have, Wizards. I have home of Mike Pachi. I have the Washington Wizards in that spot. <laughs> make no mistake, not mine. And if the Pacers didn't make the playoffs and the Wizards did, Pachi'd be all in. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so I got 13 Washington, 14 Cleveland, 15 Charlotte. Anything different for you? No, I think Charlotte is going to be atrocious this year. Just like the fact that they went just all out for Terry Rozier just like was the the most Charlotte Hornets move of just like you really cheaped out on Kemba and decided to go for Terry Rozier. Like at at that point, just be a horrible team, you know. Don't pay Terry Rozier that money. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Fachi. I don't understand that logic at all. If they were going to rebuild and let Kemba walk, that's fine. But why do you go out and do a sign-in trade for Scary Terry for $58 million over the next three years? Make zero sense. Crazy. Those books need to be cleaned up ASAP. (laughs) Well, they need to trade some guys. Get rid of Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller. Cavs need to do the same thing with Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, those kind of players. But anyway... Let's move on, Fachi. The last thing we're going to talk about here is individual awards. So we've got most improved, six man, coach of the year, rookie of the year, MVP. Am I missing anything? Uh, nope. I think you covered no. it all. Okay. So defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Thank you. I knew I was missing one. I was like, I think there's more. But um, anyway, let's look at defensive player of the year then. Uh, obviously, candidate Miles Turner. Anybody else? Uh, on the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, no, I, okay. I, I think Miles is that guy who it, I think that that is like 
that's his NBA. Not not to say his NBA championship, but that's his like his everything. Yeah. I think that that's a, like a realistic goal for him to to set himself on. I think he's been set on that, and I think probably got a bit humbled by calling out Rudy Gobert and Gobert honestly backing it up and Turner not backing it up. Uh, let's let's not bring that up. I'm trying to be positive here, Fachi. So yeah, I agree with you. That's the only person I can see from the Pacers getting serious consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. Now let's go to six Man of the Year. No Sabonis this year off the bench, but is there somebody that you think could fill in that role? The, the difference is going to be the amount of games that Jeremy Lamb starts for Oladipo. Oh, I strongly believe that if Jeremy Lamb was solely off the bench for the Pacers, I think he'd be a lock for at least – Top three okay. in six man. I was about to like. No, 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 no. I didn't exactly. I didn't <laughs> want to say a lock to win it because you always have to count in Lou Williams. Right. You right, always right. have to. It's like they might honestly rename the award after him one day. That is, it, it feels like his award, and uh, I Gordon. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he, oh, oh, he'll definitely be in the running. Right, um, I, I, I think, yeah, yeah. But I think uh, it, I think those three would sound like you know some pretty strong six man of the year candidates. Yeah, I think that that's kind of uh, where I'm at too with Jeremy Lamb. How many games he plays off the bench this year? I think he's a great team player. Um, what about most improved? Anybody you think would be most improved? Because I think Sabonis has a good I, chance of winning most improved this year. I very much agree with that. I think in the right situation, it's not even crazy to say if Sabonis was getting. Uh, you know the the correct amount of touches i feel like he could put up 20 points per game i yeah. don't think he's going to but i think he could uh i think T- that tj warren oh, oh tj warren he could be he could i think sabonis though is that player that when you i mean we were talking about before he was rarely playing more than like 25 minutes a game right. it was kind of had him at that mark if you got him up there uh, in minutes, I feel like that could be a most improved player of the year. And come on, the Pacers have pretty much owned that award. Well, I know. Jermaine, Granger, um, uh, Paul George, Jalen Rose. Paul George. Uh, was it Oladipo? Oladipo, Jalen Rose. Exactly, got exactly. Well, I, I mean, that, that's that's five guys right there. Yeah, five guys. So Shout out. It's like, Great on, uh, yep, I love those burgers. <laughs> but on average, I mean, there's a Pacer winning that award essentially every, like, three years. Yeah, so. I mean, the reason I say T.J. Warren is because he comes from a really bad Phoenix team. He could be the Pacers' leading scorer while Oladipo's out. Look how much Bojan got praised for it when Oladipo was out. Oh, Bojan carried the team in scoring. Someone's got to do it. I don't know yeah. if the bigs are going to do it all the time. And that's why I think Malcolm Brogdon could also be – uh, a candidate for most improved because he's going to be taking on a bigger role as well as the point guard and someone that's going to be handling the ball could be the go-to guy down the stretch maybe i'm not saying i think he will be but there's a possibility just just the potential of brogdon people are already on the brogdon radar most people like this trade for the pacers this pickup think that it was the, uh, really going to hurt the bucks and i think that is a true statement it makes the bucks a worse team without him so people already have their eyes on him i could see them giving him some love for most improved um, rookie of the year, I don't think Goga stands a chance. No, I don't. And if he did stand a chance, that would mean that there would be a very unfortunate, you know, injury on this Pacers team. Right. And I, I don't want that. I'm knocking on wood as we speak. Yeah. So uh, I don't want Goga to be in that, as, as rough as that sounds. Uh, but I am very excited to see some Goga. Yeah, I, I think that the Zion train is way too hot. 
that I don't even think people would even notice Goga, even if he averaged 30 and 20. They'd be like, Zion had 15 and 3 with a cool dunk. So, Zion, rookie of the year. So, that's just kind of where it is for me right now. I I, I can't see anybody else beating out Zion. Maybe Ja Morant, but he's going to be on a terrible Memphis team. And I think the Pelicans are going to be on your TV once a week. So, uh, Zion's going to get that locked up. Um, All right, I think... The last two, we've got uh, Coach of the Year. You think McMillan has a chance at all to win Coach of the Year? I do think he does have a chance because he did have a chance last year. I mean, he was very much in in the running. You know, there was uh, Coach of the Year whispers for quite some time. I think he ended up finishing like fourth. He was in the top five, but at, just outside the top three. Uh, you know, it depends how much time Oladipo's out. If Oladipo was out for uh, a pretty extended period and the Pacers were winning a lot, I think that there'd be a lot of buzz from the start. But I mean, maybe just because we're so closely involved, I don't think that this Pacers team should come as a surprise. I think that they expect to be good. You heard Oladipo say, I think we're the best team in the East. And, uh, I mean, when you think about Milwaukee and Philly, you know, they've kind of been – I mean, Philly could take that next step, but Milwaukee's already been there. Toronto's already been there. I think if Nate can get this team up to maybe like the third seed, you, you got you to gotta be you know, considering them. Yeah, and I think if he's able to get these guys to play well together early on with all the changes they made, and then when Oladipa comes back, make it a seamless transition, I think that that's going to give him some serious consideration because if that all happens, they are a top three seed. And Mm -hmm. that's what's going to take for him to win it. There's a lot of great coaches out there. Uh, I'd keep my eyes on Doc Rivers, Quinn Snyder, just some, uh, even Frank Vogel, guys that have been given better rosters and I think the uptick in wins could really make a difference for some of these contenders possibly but yeah so last one MVP uh don't think there's anybody on the Pacers but do you think that there's ever a possibility within the next three years that a healthy Oladipo for a full season could be in that in that race I I would love for that to be the case but it's just tough it's just real tough because I don't think his game is as, not to say selfish, but I don't see him, you know, putting up the 30 points per game, the amount of shots that like a James Harden puts up, or just, you know, not. He, while Oladipo is very talented, a guy like Giannis is is a talent that you know comes around every you know few decades type, where it's just he's a freak. Like what Giannis does, I mean, the whole the full picture. Oladipo lacks a little bit in terms of like a size or maybe, you know, all that. So I don't think that Oladipo can win MVP, but I still think he can be a continuous all-star. Absolutely agree with you, Fachi. Love me some Oladipo. I think there's a possibility he could be in the race for maybe like top five in votes if the Pacers can get a huge amount of wins. But I think he can't do it by himself. We know that. There's no doubt about Mm -hmm. it. So uh, he's not a James Harden, like you said. He's not a Giannis. He's, he's got to rely on guys like Turner and Brogdon to kind of help shoulder that load because it's a lot to do in the NBA, and it's a lot when you're going up against guys like a Giannis and like an Embiid or like a Harden, like we mentioned. So, yeah, don't see any MVPs anytime soon, but the last time we had a real MVP was probably the ABA day. So uh, it's all right. This is Pacers basketball. We play team basketball. It's how we like it. If we had an MVP candidate, cool. But, Anthony, I mean, I guess Jermaine was actually up there for MVP, wasn't he? Finished third in MVP yeah, yeah, votes 2003-2004. Yeah. Didn't want to let that slide. You know I, I always got Jermaine's I, back. I saw your eyes, eyebrows raised, and I said, I was, I was waiting for it. 
Kevin Garnett snagged nearly every vote that year, but Jermaine did have a few of them. And for that, top three finish. <laughs> right on. So, anyway, guys, I think that's going to wrap up this segment. Ready? Uh, ready to close up this uh, segment, Fachi? I'm ready. Alrighty, guys, that does it for another episode here of Setting the Pace on PacersTalk.net and CLNSmedia.com. We appreciate you guys listening to our podcast each and every week. If you're not already, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us under Pacers Talk. Uh, Alex Golden is my name on there. I run the account, but I think if you look it up, it's under under Pacers Talk now. I've changed it, but if not, I'll provide a link for you guys on Twitter and in the description below, as well as our Instagram account setting underscore the underscore pace and our twitter account is at setting the pace three Fachi, any final words hey we, we take on the kings on friday preseason basketball is here the nba regular season is around the corner it is a great time to be a fan let's go pacers we'll talk to you later pacer nation peace out Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.